1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is The Art of Being Well. What's up and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor. I get to talk to people around the world via webcam and I'm a New York Times best-selling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, The Inflammation Spectrum and Ketotarian. If you wanna learn more about my clinical work, our telehealth center that we have, the books and there's lots of free resources there for you as well, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And if you haven't heard the news yet, I have a brand new book coming out. It's for pre-order right now. We're giving away tons of free healthy stuff, free signed books from now until the book comes out and lots more, all at drwillcole.com. It's called Gut Feelings, healing the shame-fueled relationship between what you eat and how you feel. We're talking about really a deep dive into a lot of the conversations that we have on the podcast, this bi-directional interconnected communication between mental health and physical health and the fact that mental health is not separate from physical health, it is in fact quite the same. And we're talking about sh- the research around shame and stress, chronic stress, trauma, intergenerational trauma, and the impact that has on our gut-brain axis and our nervous system. And then conversely, underlying gut problems, chronic infections, hormonal imbalances, how that impacts our mental health and our mood. So it's called Gut Feelings. It's for pre-order right now. The forward was written by none other than Dr. Nicole Lapera, The Holistic Psychologist. It's an amazing book, if I do say so myself. So check it out at drwoko.com right now for pre-order. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, we're giving away free signed books in another way if you head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well there. Tell us what you love about the show. And every month, no matter when you listen to this episode, we'll be randomly picking winners and sending out a signed book straight to wherever you're at in the world. So you can do it two different ways. You can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple podcast review itself, or you can can message me on over at Instagram at Dr. Will Cole and screenshot and send me the Apple podcast review. And my team and I will be going through the messages on Instagram as well as the Apple podcast review and every month picking winners randomly. All right, let's get to today's guest. She's a longtime friend of mine. Her name is Danielle Walker. She is a New York Times bestselling author of Against All Grain, Meals Made Simple, Celebrations, Eat What You Love, Food Saved Me, and her brand new book, Healthy in a Hurry, Real Life, Real Food, Real Fast. It's a gluten-free, grain-free, and dairy-free cookbook. She is a health and wellness advocate and self-trained chef. After being diagnosed with an autoimmune disease at age 22 and suffering for many years, Danielle found health through dietary and lifestyle changes. Danielle regularly shares her health journey recipes and expert tips on Today, The Doctors, E! News, Access Hollywood, and many other nationally syndicated shows. Her work has been featured in People, Oh, the Oprah Magazine, USA Today, Shape, Women's Health, Parents, Well and Good, and so much more. Stay tuned through the entire conversation because at the end, I'll answer another one of your burning health questions and an ask me anything. All right, this is Daniel Walker's Art of Being Well. My friend, how the heck are you?
0: I'm so good. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm so excited this podcast is happening. You're the you're second time on the show. Yeah. One of the few guests that have been two times.
0: I'm honored. Hey, Thank you. No,
1: I would n- want it. No <laughs> other way. Come back anytime. So what's, I mean, since we talked last, what's been new in your life?
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like it's only natural to come on twice because when I came on last time, that was all about the memoir. So we right. focused a lot on my health journey, which you know intimately about as I've yeah. been on the phone with you in dire times. But this time I launched another cookbook. So that's really where I feel like the last three years of my life have gone to.
1: <laughs> I can't imagine writing, writing this book. <laughs> a cookbook. Like I do- Some recipes, but you do a whole book of it (laughs) and you do it all yourself. So I can't imagine that, but healthy in a hurry. You're going to help so many people through this conversation and through this book because- Everybody's in a hurry. So many people in a hurry. Pretty much everybody. If you're not in a hurry, you're the exception to the rule. You know,
0: I always say I could be a lot healthier if I wasn't always in a hurry, but I (laughs) like because of my autoimmune disease I'm like maybe one day when I don't have three kids at home and I'm running a full-time business, I can sit and just like be in Zen and peace for my entire life, but I don't know if that's going to ever be a thing, you know?
1: And that's why I always tell patients, you cannot wait for this perfect time. Right. Where you're like, I have nothing to do. I have no responsibilities. I just sit in the kitchen all day and and cook and be Martha Stewart. That's not going to (laughs) happen. No. So I feel like this book is meeting people where they're at and you don't have to have the Zen life Mm -mm. with nothing on your plate. (laughs) Bad pun here. You have nothing to do, but just... Focus on your wellness, right? right. That, well, what's the genesis of the book? I'm yeah,
0: sure? that really is where where it is. You know, I found myself with less and less time because yeah. back in the day when I first started eating this way, I mean, gosh, th- this is two thousand. 10, not 2009 ish. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was making every single sauce from scratch. I was making homemade beef jerky and like fruit roll-ups and anything because you couldn't go to the store and buy anything. Right. And so just progressively over the years, not only has my life gotten busier with having Mm -hmm. now three kids in a full-time job, but you know, there's a lot more convenience items and then really just recipes that I need to spend less time in the kitchen, but that are still healing and wholesome for my body and to try to manage my autoimmune conditions. And so I also really wanted to try to impart, I mean, I've been doing this now, gosh, my first book came out in 2013. And I started blogging paleo recipes and gaps and SCD recipes back in 2009. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned a lot over the years, you know, not not only shortcuts and things to make things just more accessible and easier, but some of my favorite swaps and some of my favorite convenience items and, and then just ways to just be a little smarter in the kitchen. You know, I think I've figured out over the years where people waste the most time, where they waste the most money and what makes them kind of the most like anxiety-ridden about cooking. So the whole book was kind of based on that is just really trying to break down some of those barriers. I think I'm sure you hear it a lot too. You know, you say... You need to eat this way or that way. And people just go deer in headlights right. and they have a whole slew of reasons why it can't work for their lifestyle. And yeah. so I really wanted to try to give them every tool possible to try to break those things down.
1: Yeah, I can't tell you how, I, don't, I think I've ever told you this. I don't think I have, that your books are a wealth of resources for my patients. Oh, I, love I mean, that. They, they rave about it because it's <laughs> it's they're all... There's still so many different things within each book, and this book is no exception. It is convenient. I love the codes within the book. You said you. Th- there was codes for thirty minutes or less, mm-hmm. and then I think ten ingredients or less, yep. and then you have these slow cooker, pressure cooker yep. ones, which I want to get into that too. Yeah, yeah. So, like, can you explain your thought behind that to yeah. make it easy for everybody?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that is that every everything I could pour into it, I did. There's QR codes that you can scan that go to cool. bonus content with like extra videos and meal plans, and we actually did shopping lists so that. You know, you could really, if you wanted to, you could follow the 12 weeks of meal plans and just go through the grocery lists and kind of not really think about it. Mm -hmm. And then all of the codes, I just, you know, when I first started eating SCD, I found the most time I spent was in the grocery store aisles, flipping packages Mm -hmm. and actually having to like analyze the ingredient lists and then looking at recipes and figuring out what I had to swap and what I didn't. And so not only are the codes, you know, for the 30 minutes or less, the 10 ingredients or less, the one pot, but then there's also all the dietary codes too, because as we both know, there's so many nuances in trying to get your health on track. And I wanted people to quickly be able to look at them and see, oh, they're Whole30 compliant or, oh, they're nut free. You know, SCD, I have all of those at the top so that you didn't have to spend time flipping through the pages, seeing like, oh, this looks amazing. And then you go through the ingredients. You're like, oh, I actually can't have have that. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I, you know, lots of tips of substitutions, lots of tips of freezing ahead and making ahead. So Mm -hmm. it's not just the recipe that is meant to be kind of easy. It's a lot of the little tidbits that are found throughout the pages of the book. So truly really is. don't skip the front matter.
1: <laughs> yeah. So define SCD because I yeah. know what it is, but I know people are gonna be like, what's SCD? Some right. people don't know.
0: Right, yeah. So it's really where I kind of got my start in grain-free cooking, but it's mm-hmm. the specific carbohydrate diet. It's really close to paleo, except for that it allows certain dairy that's lactose-free. It allows yeah. legumes if they're soaked, but it's a diet that was created by, her name was Elaine Gottschall and she had a daughter with Crohn's disease. And mm-hmm. she, I think, worked with somebody to create this diet and put her daughter into remission. And so it's used for ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease and autism. Typically, Mm -hmm. it's very similar to the GAPS diet. GAPS GAPS kind of came from SCD. and Yeah, all these acronyms. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I think GAPS personally, I think it's a little more updated and a little easier to follow at this point. SCD is slightly outdated. And Um, GAPS
1: is gut and physiology or gut and psychology, right? And
0: they both focus on in a very layman's term, but kind of killing the bad bacteria and focus Mm -hmm. on fostering, you know, the healthy gut bacteria.
1: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So you have all these codes that make it super easy. You cleared it up for me in the book and I wanna clear up for people here, (laughs) the different, just the conversion of electric pressure cooker, the slow cooker, Instapot, pot like for someone that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. not a, a kitchen connoisseur I am not so can you talk about the difference of that and maybe people about the conver- converting recipes between one and the other
0: Yeah I did so some of my favorite things are at the very beginning of each chapter you know I wanted to try to give like I said as much as I could in there as possible yeah. so the instant pot chapter you know I've heard over the years I was one of them who was like I will never get an instant pot and I really love it now it's such a time Why saber. did you say
1: that originally
0: I'm kind of a minimalist, so I didn't really want any extra appliances, yeah. and it was kind of being hyped, and I was like, I like my slow cooker, and I also like, like, the slow act of just making something on the stove or braising it in a Dutch oven, but I think the first thing that I used it for was bone broth, you know, yeah. Ryan was like, I don't like the smell of this bone broth in our slow cooker on the stove for oh, 24 yeah. hours. I have patients
1: cook it in the garage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, Keep
0: it out of so the So the Instant Pot, you know, not only, and maybe you can touch on this a bit, but I'll never forget. My functional medicine practitioner, I was drinking broth consistently, and he was like, Are you making it in a slow cooker or in the instant pot? And I said, Well, I normally make it in the instant pot, but I switched to the slow cooker. Thanksgiving because I had this big turkey carcass. And he said that the histamines are yeah. a lot higher in a slow cooker than they are yeah. in an instant pot. And I was like, oh, I've never known myself to have a histamine intolerance, but maybe there's something about making it in the pressure cooker in the instant pot, but it also gels so much better. So that was my foray into it going forward. Now I use it because you can put frozen meat into an instant pot nice. and just to clear any confusion, because I think people think Instant Pot is an actual thing. It's just a brand of That's, electric. I pressure wanted to cookers. clarify that because yes. <laughs> I still get
1: confused too. I'm like, is that a thing? Right. But Instant Pot is just an electrical. Pressure, pressure cooker. cooker. Yes, Got there are it.
0: plenty of others. It's just Instant Pot made their kind of stamp on the <laughs> they scene. Do. And like, I mean, they are
1: the. They're like name a band aid, right?
0: Or a tissue. It's yeah, like, exactly the, you know, right. the, the, there's lots of other brands for those. But yes. uh, yeah, so I wanted, though, because I've heard from so many people that are like intimidated by the Instant Pot or they bought one during, you know, like a Cyber Monday sale and it's just still sitting in the box. So every recipe that uses it also has a stovetop or a slow cooker modification because I don't want you to have to have it. But yeah. uh, I give you some tips just about taking you know, I haven't pulled my slow cooker out in years since I bought that thing, wow. but I have a lot of favorite slow cooker recipes. So I gave you just some really kind of broad tips as if you wanted to take a slow cooker recipe and convert it to an instant pot or vice versa. You know, there's lots of recipes in the actual book, but if you just have like an old favorite Chili that you used to make in your slow yeah. cooker. I wanted to give you some tips on how to just convert that. Yeah. To
1: so Pot. how much time are people saving? They're saving quite a bit of time when they move the instant Pot, for the right? Instant Pot. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, if they're both hands off time, I would say mm-hmm. slow cooker versus Instant Pot. Yeah. But yeah. So you know, one of my biggest things. I mean, there's a whole freezer chapter in this book where you prepare the meals and then you just throw them in the freezer. Whether you're making up, you know, two and you want to cook one for dinner, but then have another kind of meal mm-hmm. packet, if you will, ready to go. Yeah. But I don't always plan, and usually it comes to about 4 p.m. And I've been testing like grain-free cookies and cakes all day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to make dinner. And the nice thing about the Instant Pot that you can't do with the slow cooker is you can mm-hmm. take a whole frozen meal and throw it in there and it can be done in 25 minutes. Wow. Slow cooker, you have to think ahead. You've got to yeah. start it in the morning. It takes eight hours. It's, you know, it's easy if you're a planner. Yeah. <laughs> but the Instant Pot is for those of us who kind of get to the end of the day and forget that we need to make some dinner.
1: I love it. Hey, we're talking about healthy in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. You all know I love tea and the tea that I drink the most often, almost exclusively with a few exceptions, but without a doubt, 99% of the tea that I drink is peak tea. I've noticed such a difference since I started drinking these teas. They're just the best of the best. Our bodies are always busy. In fact, at any given moment, cells are both breaking molecules down for energy and using energy to build new molecules. It's wild, but honestly, that's how metabolism works. There's a catabolic phase, hint, the breakdown, and an anabolic phase, hint, the build up. These teas from Peak are blended with functional plants specifically designed to support metabolism, gut health, digestion, and shutting down appetite, all while helping to ease, blow, and curb sugar cravings. So whether you're intermittent fasting or not, I love to intermittent fast with teas, but even if you don't intermittent fast, These are wonderful things to integrate into your life. In the morning, I love having the Bergamot Black Fasting Tea when I'm doing some intermittent fasting. I love their Earl Grey tea as well. Peak is extending a limited time offer just for my audience. Get 5% off plus a free pouch. It comes with 20 premium samples. When you purchase a bundle, head on over to peaklife.com slash Will and use code Will for an extra 5% off. You can even shop my curated fasting bundle. We came out with an intuitive fasting, Peak Tea Fasting Bundle. There's a reason Peak has over 15,000 five-star reviews. Try it for yourself, risk-free with their 30-day satisfaction guarantee. You either love it or you get your money back. That's peaklife.com spelled P I Q U E. L-I-F-E dot com slash Will Cole and use code Will Cole for a limited time gift and 5% off. Our next partner is a product I have loved for a long time. It's Athletic Greens. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day off right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health. It supports your immune system, your nervous system, your energy levels throughout the day, recovery, focus. If you're struggling with brain fog, have to check this out. It supports anti-aging mechanisms in the body, all the things. It's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, vegan, paleo, it doesn't matter. It's dairy free, it's gluten free. It's all the things you want and none of the things you don't want. And it also contains less than one gram of sugar with no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. What, who do you think I am, guys? Why would I get behind something that I didn't know this was high-quality stuff? And this stuff tastes really, really good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery. It supports mental clarity and alertness. It's one thing with all the best things. AG1, what I love about this, it's a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. That's super simple. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season right now. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's all you have to do. To make it really easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you get this, a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. Vitamin D deficiency is ubiquitous. I see it on labs for new patients all the time. So you definitely wanna make sure you're supporting your immune-supporting vitamin D, and they're also gonna give you five free travel packs of Athletic Greens, with your first purchase, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Will Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: Hi guys, it's Jordan from the Balance Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. On my show, we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, motherhood, channeling, healing, and so much more. A few years ago, I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease, and the healing journey I embarked on at that time set me on the path to radical awakening. Let's just say I had no choice but to change my energy, and that opened me up to the most beautiful healing of my life. On my show, you can expect to feel like you're sitting in my living room chatting with old friends. Tune in every Wednesday to connect and hang on the Balanced Bond Soul on Fire.
1: Another section that I love in the book is the swap this for that with protein sources specifically. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that customization of Mm -hmm. the book, which I appreciated that?
0: yeah yeah it's only it's only in that one specific chapter but you can kind of take some of those ideas and you know convert them through and so i forget which one that is i think it's the one pot chapter
1: i think it is yeah Yeah. but you
0: know it's if you can't have beef i give you some options on some of those recipes to swap it out for chicken or veggie if you want you know to go vegetarian just some ideas to kind of get the wheel spinning i really wanted this book to empower people to you know follow the recipes if they wanted but Mm -hmm. then after you make it the first time to kind of make it your own. I think that is partially what takes so long for people in the kitchen is following a recipe and measuring each and every individual ingredient out. So I wrote most of the recipes so that they would be kind of forgiving. So, you know, if you follow it through the first time and you kind of know what it's supposed to taste like and have an eyeball idea of what Mm -hmm. the spices are supposed to be, then the next time you make it, you don't have to dirty a million little, you know, measuring spoons and measuring cups. And you can kind of just do a pinch of that and a pinch of this and it should still turn out. And then you can always, season it a little more later if it doesn't, you know, if it's a little bland by the time it's done cooking.
1: I love that. So you talk about this in the book, but meal prepping I Mm -hmm. think can be daunting for people too. What are your pro tips for setting yourself up for success? You're not at the whim of the week. Yes, And you can be proactive and and less reactive.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's a practice for sure. You really have to set aside a day. And that's why I wanted to give everybody 12 weeks in grocery lists yeah. so that they didn't have to, if that's not really their, <laughs> their strength. <laughs> yeah. But the the way that I do it is I kind of sit down, I, you know, I think people have high aspirations of like planning seven meals, but yes. you end up with waste at the end of the week because right. something comes up. You've got to stay late at work or you've got a kid's baseball game that gets scheduled last minute, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. So I typically sit and plan five days and okay. then I know the other two are at They're going to be leftovers or takeout and you know, you can do it a few different ways. I tend to go kind of on theme. I'm like, okay, well we want to have, you know, Mexican because my kids requested the chicken taco, the instant pot dinner Mm -hmm. from in there. And then I want to do like Italian or a pasta one night. And so then I kind of go through and fill it in, but you could also do it by proteins. You know, if you're like, I really am trying to eat more fish, you could say, all right, Monday, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, we're having a seafood dish. And then you could go through and find your favorites and then plug in, you know, chicken on one night. So those are, that's kind of usually the way I do it. The book Mm -hmm. is also laid out though by method so Mm -hmm. and you know i I think everybody's brains just work a little differently so again Mm -hmm. like i wanted to take what everybody was requesting and try to pack in as much as i could in there so each chapter is by method whether it's sheet pan instant pot or slow cooker uh one skillet barbecue you know like things you can just throw on the grill but then within each chapter it's also separated by protein type so you can Mm -hmm. you know quickly look and be like i only have time for a sheet pan dinner tonight and i only want to do chicken so that's another way to plan. You can just say like, I can I only have time this week, you know, to mm-hmm. do three sheet pan dinners, and then I've yeah. got to use the grill one night because it's going to be a hundred degrees, and I don't want to yeah. turn on the oven. But yeah, I think it's it's picking the themes and then kind of filling in your days, and then if mm-hmm. you can shop once, you know, I think that's a mm-hmm. lot of waste and food waste comes from going to the grocery store too many times without yeah. a plan. Right. So I tend to kind of plan my meals on a Saturday, go grocery shopping on a Sunday, prep a few things, you know, on Sunday that I can, so mm-hmm. that I can quickly throw those meals together throughout the week and then you know of course use up your fish at the beginning of the week so that it doesn't mm-hmm. go bad you can kind of let the other proteins sit for a couple of days and they'll be okay but it's it's really great if you can try to go once
1: oh that's awesome so I, now that as you're talking about all of this am i wrong in remembering it was like 2019 that I, th- I remember you talking about, okay, the memoir is going to come out and then you were, were you working on this book that long ago? Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, I was. Yes. So the, the, it actually got pushed, you know, I had my yeah. right, health setback in yeah. 2019 and the memoir was supposed to come out. I think, gosh, maybe early 2020 and it got pushed just because of my health and of course, 2020 happened and everything else got pushed. So yeah, this was supposed to come out last fall, I believe. Got it. And honestly, I had started working on some of the recipes in 2019, but I scrapped them all because once we all got kind of stuck at home, Mm -hmm. I realized some of the recipes that I had planned for, it weren't as easy as I needed. I had three kids at home. They were going to school full-time at home. I was running my business. Ryan was home working. And I'm like, oh, these actually are not easy enough. So they they need to be easy enough for everybody to be home. And then also when we go back to our, you know, normal life, but yeah, Yeah. it's been a long time in the making. And then, you know, I didn't have a team at all for this one because we were home. Yeah. So everything that's in it was tested, cleaned, (laughs) tested again, grocery shopped for by me during that time, which was a little bit crazy, but it was actually, I mean, it's the way I started, right?
1: Taking it back to 2013.
0: Yeah. yeah, Yep. I mean, I food styled, I photographed, I designed my first two books. I did everything, so it was kind of nice to just be in my like space and and really get to you know touch and feel everything. And I've every book that I've done, I've written and tested all the recipes. But I usually at least have somebody there to help help out, help with some of it. So it was interesting, though. It was a it was a different process. I couldn't get as much done at once as I normally do. Yeah,
1: I'm sure this writing process, development process, probably will change. Every book you do in the future, in a, in a way, kind of going back to the basics, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really did take me back to like being a you know new mom in my yeah. townhome, just like testing as I could when my oldest son was napping. But yeah, I think it it, it will definitely change the way mm-hmm. that I do things. Going forward, yeah. going kind of going back to the basics. Like I you love said. that. Yeah,
1: you show us in the book how that going being healthy does not have to break the bank. I think you <laughs> give us fifteen ways to save money mm-hmm. to be healthy, mm-hmm. which I want to just dis- dispel that myth that you have to be uber wealthy to eat healthy. Yeah. That's not my experience with patients right. or just middle-class people. Most of them are. Yeah, Yeah. So. I think
0: people, you know, I mean, the convenience fully cooked items are really expensive. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I talk a little bit about that in there too. You have to sometimes trade cost for convenience, you know, yes. buying pre-chopped vegetables is going to save you a lot of time in the kitchen but it costs a lot more. And so Mm -hmm. you kind of have to sit and think like, okay, can I afford to get them pre-chopped? Will it give me my time back either in business or to like watch an extra cartoon with my kids? Or, you know, (laughs) you kind of have to figure out this trade-off. But I really also wanted, you know, and this is something I got kind of caught up in the beginning years of paleo of like, everything has to be organic and everything has to be grass fed and grass finished. And, you know, it, it's great if you can afford it, but also you're taking huge steps towards lowering your inflammation and your overall health just by going grain free and dairy free. And if yeah. conventional produce and conventional meats, or going to your local, you know, farmer is what you can afford, I still think that yes. it, ma- it makes a massive difference. Great. And I've just kind of learned that over the years. So um. I kind of wanted to talk about some of those things, but really also, you know, like I said, the meal planning saves the most. Money. I mean, when you're not throwing away a bunch of groceries at the end of the week, you're actually gonna see your whole grocery budget yeah. go down significantly. And I think yeah. that's where a lot of people end up wasting so much money.
1: Yeah, my goodness, it's true. And I mean, since we've been doing them in this space of wellness for years now, it's like, aren't you amazed at how much when you go to Aldi and Walmart and Costco oh, yeah. and Target and you see better for you options or really great options there? I mean, that wasn't the case all these years ago.
0: No, no. I was talking to somebody this morning about when I first started developing recipes and there were days where I'd have to drive to like four grocery, I mean, four grocery stores. So talk about wasting a lot <laughs> yes. of time and money. And gasoline, um, yeah. I, yeah, you could not find coconut aminos or even coconut oil at most grocery stores. And now you can get it at Costco. And I mean, we've got things like Thrive Market where you can order right. a box and literally have it on your doorstep in a couple days and have <laughs> so many different healthy alternatives. I mean, just mm-hmm. the fact that we have a dried pasta option that's like just... Just chickpeas and water or cassava yeah. and water. I mean, those were not, not available back in the day.
1: Not at all. Mm-mm. People age at different speeds and the date on your license may not represent your inner biological age at all. If you're looking for ways to extend your health span and slow down the aging process, the keys to health and longevity run in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with the personalized plan to improve your metabolism, reduce your stress levels, Improve your sleep and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise for your body, right nutrition and foods to focus on for your body, and the right supplementation for your body. It's bio individuality at its best. You can also add in you can also add Inner Age 2.0 to any plan. You definitely want to do this. Inner Age 2.0, you can get a definitive calculation of your true biological age. You can actually see how you're aging from the inside out. For a limited time, get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. All you have to do is head on over to insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well. That's insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well or you can use code WILLCOLE at checkout to get that 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. And you have to share with me your results if you want to, no pressure. <laughs> but I am shocked whenever people screenshot and tag me on social media, especially their inner age 2.0, and they could actually see how they're aging from the inside out. And I would also say this you can also, as you take their advice, based off of your action plan, you can actually see your biological age improve over time, which is pretty amazing. Again, that's insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well, insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well. Higher Dose is a one-of-a-kind at-home spa experience at the intersection of wellness, health, and beauty. Higher Dose's line of infrared devices harnesses the most cutting-edge healing technologies available from Infrared's healing heat to PEMF's grounding technology to Red Light's rejuvenating rays. Their best-selling portable Infrared sauna blanket makes it super easy to get hot and high from anywhere. Just lay down inside the blanket, turn up the heat and sweat it out. Infrared therapy supports glowing skin, deeper sleep and a balanced mood. And as your core temperature heats up, Your brain releases a dose of happy chemicals, leaving you feeling euphoric after your sweat session. The blanket's deeply penetrating heat instantly boosts blood flow, flooding your body with enviable benefits like radiant and youthful skin, higher energy levels, a boosted mood, and decreased bloating. For those of you who want to experience the benefits of infrared without the sweat, they also have a really cool line of infrared PEMF mats that recharge your cells to help you feel relaxed, grounded, and rejuvenated. This game-changing mat combines the powerful technology of heated infrared with PEMF plus 20 pounds of healing crystals like amethyst and tourmaline for relaxing, restorative experience that you feel within minutes. It's like a spa right in your own home. My patients love these things. I love them as well. I have their PEMF mat actually at my functional medicine telehealth center. I have the sauna blanket at home. My patients, all my patients that listen to the podcast know we're talking about the sauna blanket a lot. You can get your own infrared sauna blanket, infrared PEMF mat, or a red light face mask at higherdose.com today and use my exclusive promo code. COLE15, that's C-O-L-E-1-5 at checkout to save 15% off site-wide. That's higherdose.com exclusive promo code, C-O-L-E-1-5, COLE15, or just go to higherdose.com slash COLE. Can we talk about dairy? You talk about it in the book. What's your personal, like is dairy part of your life? You mm-hmm. give great dairy like cheese options with brands and I'd like to go over some of them. Yeah, And then you give dairy-free options for people yeah, yeah. who want to be or have to be dairy-free. But what's, what's the verdict of dairy at this point in yeah. your life?
0: Well, so... So, professionally, every book of mine is dairy free just because I found that a lot of people who are gluten free end up eating dairy free yeah. or if they're doing, you know, SCD gaps, paleo. So, I always keep all the recipes dairy free. But this one, I gave a few dairy options because. The first time. Yeah. The first time I think <laughs> yeah. that I even like mentioned it. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was dairy free completely probably for about three years. Then I was able to introduce ghee just because yeah. it was lactose and casein free. And then over the years, found that sheep's milk cheeses and goat milk cheeses I could find, I could tolerate. I yeah. still can't do cow's milk dairy like cream or milk ice cream things like that yeah. but the protein structure does does better with my body for goat milk and cheese some sheep's milk cheeses so i gave a few options and then my gosh the dairy free cheese options that we yeah. have these days are just significantly better than they were i feel like the only few that were on the market when i first started eating dairy free were just full of starches and binders and like um, soy. And now we can, you know, Miyoko's and Kite Hill. And I give just a few of those options in there that I think are the cleanest and that also have like really good taste if you just cannot have dairy at all.
1: And you give some great dairy-free recipes in the book like yogurt. Sour, dairy-free sour cream, which I've never had that. I mean, yeah. can you talk about some of those dairy-free <laughs> recipes in the book? Yeah,
0: yeah. So I kind of did a sidebar for people that you can make things yourself if you want. You know, you could blend cashews to make a cashew cream, mm-hmm. but then I really wanted to give the store-bought options as well for yeah. if you just don't have time to do prep days like that, yeah. so that you really can make it super quick and easy, yeah. sub things in where you need to. But yeah, I do. I have a. I think I have a dairy-free yogurt, the cashew cream, That maybe sour cream. I forget what else I put in there. (laughs) It was the
1: nut milks that were in there, too.
0: Yes. And I also gave a substitute this time. I love to use cashews to thicken gravies and soups. And then, you know, it's a really great baking option, but there's so many people that have nut allergies. So oh. I put in a substitute that uses coconut cream and it thickens it with a little arrowroot, And I think a little splash of lemon juice and salt just to kind of mm-hmm. mimic that cheesy kind of creamy flavor. Yeah. Because in the past, i kind of just used cashews and didn't give an alternative. And I've just heard from so many people yeah. over the years that they've got nut allergies. So wanted to, again, just try to try to shove it all in there, <laughs> I could
1: Because <laughs> you listen to your community yeah, and their pitfalls, what they're looking for, which is, I've always known that to be, you know, you are truly listening to what they want and yeah. you're making the book for them.
0: Right. I, I know. I always say that. I'm yeah. like, I don't need cookbooks <laughs> to cook from. I could look at my chicken, my chicken scratch and, you know, just make things. Every single book that has been written has come from requests of people. So, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. after the first one, Meals Made Simple was just all my audience saying they needed faster meals. Eat What You Love was just people writing in constantly saying they missed their biscuits and gravy or their shrimp and grits or their, you know, chicken pot pie. It was like all these comfort foods that yeah. people kind of tied to memories. And then, yeah. and then as I was out doing eat what you love, the the kind of request for even more simple meals came back. So I was yeah. like, all right, we'll do, we'll do another one.
1: Yeah. And you have the holiday book too, yes. which I love that book. <laughs>
0: that one is my favorite. It's celebrations. I, yeah. It's,
1: uh, yeah I'm wonderful. I mean, yeah. the, the Halloween one and the Christmas one, it's just great. Yeah. Well,
0: and that is, I mean, just to, to your point, people when they have to change their diet and this is not a 30 day thing right like this is i changed the way i ate in 2008 2009 and i knew based on how fast i saw relief from my symptoms Mm -hmm. that this was going to be a lifelong thing unless they come out with a cure for ulcerative colitis at some point which would be fabulous. Um, I knew I was going to need to eat this way forever. And I, you know, it's evolved and it's become different nuances Mm -hmm. for me, but the holidays, you know, when I really sat and looked at it, people were like, well, how do I still have stuffing and pumpkin pie and Mm -hmm. cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning? And I was like, you can still have those things. And I realized, you know, the way the book is laid out celebrations, there's 12 chapters and that's that's basically once a month that there's a special occasion that yeah. somebody that has to eat differently feels really left out or feels like really forlorn that they can't partake in those things. So yeah, yeah celebrations kind of came from that same thing of like, you don't have to feel deprived for the entire yeah. year. Here's here's your ways to still enjoy it.
1: I love that. So obviously your book is a great resource to like almost for the person that eats differently mm-hmm. to maybe bring it to the party and show their family and friends. Hey, look, I don't eat like a freak. I. I <laughs> can live life and it's delicious. It's still good for you. It loves me back and I love it. It's a great relationship. But what do you say to someone out there that does feel isolated and like, oh man, like people maybe make fun of me Mm -hmm. or I'm... They called me weird or whatever. They feel like they can't fully engage in their life with their family and friends.
0: Gosh, well, I hope in 2022 that you've got, I mean, even if it's not your family, that you've got somebody. Back when we all first started this, I mean, it really did. People looked at me like I had four heads when I said (laughs) I needed to eat gluten-free or that I you know, nobody even knew what grains were or like what was considered <laughs> yeah. a grain. Corn was
1: a vegetable. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I hope that you have community. And if not at this point, I mean, my community is just amazing. They're so supportive. Yeah. I see each like the comments to each other and, you know, they may not know each other in real life, but I just, I I suggest finding that community, whether mm-hmm. it's in person or online. But really, yeah, this book was written and, and partially, honestly, why I even titled it what I did and it took the kind of, big focus and emphasis off, you know, paleo Mm -hmm. and against all grain, which was kind of my old brand name was to try to make it more accessible to people, you know, and we just hear so often that whether it's moms that are trying to feed their kids just a little healthier during the week, or, you know, somebody that does have chronic illness that needs to eat this way, or just people are a little bit more, a lot more aware of the foods that they're eating these days. So the recipes were all tested on people that are not like me that are like dependent life and death on eating this way, but that could eat anything and i wanted to make sure that you could make these meals and serve them around your table whether it's your kids your neighbors your family and everybody could enjoy it i mean if you want to put a little side of rice or something for them Mm -hmm. fine but the whole goal of this is that you don't have to make multiple meals if you're hosting or if you know you've got family over you can make one really satisfying delicious dinner and then Mm -hmm. they they shouldn't need anything else but if they do you can always you know add something to the side or you can swap the veggie noodles for some brown rice pasta you know it's all very very versatile and kind of flexible to work for whatever you need.
1: I love that. So we talked about dairy. Can we talk about eggs now? I, 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 a lot of patients wanna know if, if there's eggs in a recipe, mm-hmm. what what do I do if mm-hmm. it, maybe they're off of eggs? Mm-hmm. But, and I love eggs personally, but, but but this podcast is about the art of being well yeah. and even a healthy food may not work for somebody yep. else. Yep. And I talk about at length, yeah. the albumin in the egg whites can be reactive to some people, right? right? right. So what do you say to someone that's, Egg free, obviously you, your recipes, most of them, right, They are, some of them have eggs, correct?
0: Yeah, I mean, because this is kind of a dinner focused book, there's not as many. There's some eggs in the baked goods. Even the breakfast chapter, I would say, is like 75% egg free. Okay, so they, yeah. they could
1: just go to 99% of your recipes and totally. they'll be egg free. Yes. But what do you say to somebody that's, I don't know how to cook with mm-hmm. it. If they have a recipe that they mm-hmm. love, what do they do with that?
0: There, I mean, gosh, there's so many different substitutes out there. I think it depends on what the recipe is. You know, yeah. I do have like a bread. Not in this book, I have a bread recipe that I think uses eight eggs, and I'm like, don't try an egg substitute. <laughs> like, flax eggs are great, but you know, yeah. it's going to be about an inch tall because it's going to be so dense without the eggs. Yeah, I love aquafaba, especially if you can't do the egg white. If you can do the yolk, keep the yolks in because they're so rich. They're obviously great for you, but also they give a dish so much. I mean, they and bind it together.
1: Is it's chickpea juice. Yes. yes. <laughs> They make it sound so European. They really do. And I don't know
0: who first beat it to make, you can make meringue out of it. It's kind of crazy, but it works well in baked goods. I wouldn't like, you can't, you can't scramble it. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't scramble a flax egg either, right? Like these are, these are quote unquote eggs, Yeah. but there's some good just kind of whole ingredient, you know, substitutions. But yeah, a lot of them, you could take it out. I think there might be an egg once or twice used as like a breading binder, you know, to coat like a fish or chicken in it, but you can just do some olive oil, avocado oil for that. Really, you just need something to like, make it stick to the outside.
1: Got it, got it. Do you do eggs? Because I I know you did duck eggs at one point. Do you you talk about that? duck eggs versus chicken eggs. Cause I know duck eggs are generally better tolerated uh-huh. by people's immune systems. Yeah,
0: I, I didn't know that. And so a few, I had kind of kept hearing from just my audience. They mm-hmm. were like, I substituted in a duck egg instead of a chicken. They're bigger. So you do have yeah. to like kind of weigh it out and be careful. I mean, I always suggest, you know, to like whisk it up and then weigh what whatever a standard chicken egg is. I think there's a sub guide that, that talks about that, but I don't do many eggs as like breakfast, like scrambled or poached. I can mm-hmm. do them in baked goods. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when you bake an egg, the protein yeah. kind of structure changes yep. slightly and it's just a little easier to digest.
1: I, I find that to be true. Yeah.
0: I used to eat a lot of eggs. Like when I first was doing, you know, new to paleo or when I did a whole 30, I mean, that would be, I, there was an egg on everything put an mm-hmm. egg on a burger, put an egg on a sweet potato, put, you know, <laughs> just cause it was extra protein. And, yes. but yeah, after, after that setback in 2019, I kind of found that I didn't tolerate them as well. And then okay. naturally I just haven't added them back in that much. When I'm traveling, yeah. I love to get an eggs benedict, which is a whole lot of eggs because yeah. I start, I do it over spinach, but I mean, the hollandaise has eggs, the poached eggs, there's a lot of butter. It's kind of one of my like indulgences, <laughs> you know, when I'm in a hotel room by myself, but yeah. my, my stomach doesn't always love it. <laughs> yeah,
1: all right. there's quail eggs too, I know yeah. people Yeah, do. they're tiny though. Yeah. So you have to do a
0: lot of those to equal. A lot of equal. quail <laughs> eggs and
1: less duck eggs. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, you keep touching on it and I, I, I let's talk about it. You, you're set back in 2019, what did that look like? Where are you at now? And I think giving hope to people that feel like I'm doing all the things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but things aren't where I want them mm-hmm. to be. <laughs> I know you can speak on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. it has been three years of really learning and kind of coming to grips with where I'm at at the moment and really honestly trying to re- kind of reframe the way that I look at things. Because food had such a massive impact immediately for me i really grasped onto it and it was kind of like the end-all be-all for me i thought it was the only thing that i needed to focus on for my overall wellness Mm -hmm. and again, just back to as I became busier, as I had, you know, every time I'd have a baby, hormonal changes would cause flare ups. Uh, We lost our daughter and just the emotional stress Mm -hmm. of that caused me to flare up. And so I really started to learn over the years, just after going through some of those kind of bumps that there's so much else that affects my health than just the food. It's a huge tool, you Mm -hmm. know, in my toolbox. And I do believe that the way that I eat has helped mitigate probably you know from having worse bumps and and yeah. flare-ups but the 2019 one honestly was a lot of me not listening to my body i saw the warning signs yeah. and it was a busy year for me for book and then also just in our family life we moved i did two tours of just traveling nonstop. Mm-hmm. I slept on a bus for two weeks, <laughs> yeah. eating you know, eating out as much as I try to make really great decisions. Like You just don't know exactly what's being used mm-hmm. in kitchens. And my sleep was completely messed up. My stress levels were sky high and I should have stopped while I was ahead in like June, but it got to about November and yeah. I was like, oh no, there's not any coming back from this. And so it was the first time in 10 years that I was hospitalized for my disease first time in 10 years that I had to use prednisone steroids, which I had avoided for 10 years just mm-hmm. with, with diet and you know trying to control stress levels. Um, yeah. And I was hospitalized for almost three weeks and then yeah. bedridden for months wow. after that. So, yeah. um, but I learned a lot, you know, and, and I, I looked, I was able to really look back and see kind of where I went wrong, Mm -hmm. what I could do differently. It also caused me to really reflect on kind of my whole journey. Yeah, I started to really doubt my entire life's work, (laughs) the decade plus that I had been writing books and hearing from people. And You know, I remember when I when I posted that I was in the hospital and I was like, this Mm -hmm. is it, like I'm done. People aren't gonna believe, you know, Mm -hmm. that what I do matters anymore and they're gonna think I'm a phony. Mm
1: -hmm. I had
0: very much the imposter syndrome. And I'll just never forget all the comments of people that Mm -hmm. were like, Don't forget that your recipes changed my life, or that, you know, changing the way I ate and starting to use your books. I mean, one, you know, I I was in a wheelchair with MS and I'm not anymore. Or I, you know, had to take insulin and I don't anymore. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay this doesn't, you know, our setbacks don't negate the progress that we have seen. Yes. And, and sometimes it's a really hard learning experience, but that's what it was for me, you know, and, and I did, I ended up going on a IV therapy yeah. medication that, that actually saved my life in the hospital. I mean, I, I was very close to death in the hospital and it took me some time to kind of feel like that was an okay decision. I yeah. had a lot of guilt and shame around it, mm-hmm. but I've really tried to sit and look at it now as not only did it not work when I wasn't eating like clean paleo. Cause when I got out of the hospital, I was like, just give me like whatever I can, you know, <laughs> yeah. like my stomach, everything was so upset and I right. just wanted, you know, like comforting, kind of bland, but, but not. Paleo things. Mm-hmm. Um, bone broth made my stomach turn. I was like, get that away yeah. from me. Yeah. And when I went back to what I knew about what was, you know, anti inflammatory and what would help build back up my gut, you know, healthy mm-hmm. gut bacteria, the medication that I was on actually started being so much more effective. And I didn't have any side effects from it. And so I've kind of looked at it as a tool right now that allows me to still do my mm-hmm. work, that allows me, you know, one of the biggest things that I learned through it was while I, believed in food so much, it was always a stress for me thinking about what I'm eating and what I'm cooking. And if I'm going out, if I'm accidentally getting exposed to gluten, then will I, you know, could I have a flare up next week? Because I ate.
1: Deviated from it. Yes. Like I
0: ate a few of my kids' French fries or I tasted some ice cream at Disneyland. So there was just this like constant anxiety. And you know, what we know about autoimmune disease is that high stress levels, no matter what it's from, could cause flare-ups. And so I started to think about it and I'm like, my gosh, for a decade, I've been stressed and anxious over all the food that I'm eating. And so, you know, just to be be able to be fully present for my kids, Mm -hmm. it has been almost three years, and I have not once thought about a flare-up or a setback because I'm in full remission. And Amazing. you know, at this point, I'm looking at it as the way that I'm eating and the lifestyle that I'm trying to live mm-hmm. is just being it kind of, it's coming alongside of the medication that I'm on. And it's just giving me a little bit more breathing room because I can't sit in a yoga pose in Zen for my entire life. I always say that I'm like, if I could, if I could just (laughs) sit in my house and have zero stress, then, you know, food and food alone would probably sustain me and keep my symptoms away. But it's just not real life and things hit you. I mean, they just come out of nowhere and can knock you out. So yeah, that's kind of the journey that I've been on.
1: Wow. That just spoke to uh, thousands and thousands of people, because I I remember seeing you in August of 2019, and you saw some things, and we talked about it. And then it was the fall time I talked to you as well, and you yeah. saw it as well. And I remember just saying, "Like you, this is a a shout to, for everybody to check in with their body mm-hmm. and to not put it on the back burner." Mm-hmm.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I learned mean, the hard way. <laughs> yeah,
1: and it's and and it's also a a just to be clear for everybody, food is a one tool within the toolbox. Yes. Yes. and it's you're not a failure or an imposter because you need other tools within your toolbox right
0: right yeah, yeah. and I, and i you know i always say health and healing is not linear and this is a this is a spot on my journey i don't i hope and you know i'm praying that i don't have to be on that forever and that i can figure out some, you know, alternatives. But, but at the same time, you know, I sit there and I'm like, I'm grateful for this because I can go to all my kids' soccer games. I can go mm-hmm. to, you know, I can travel, I can see family, I can go places without worrying. And and that's huge for me right now. But I learned the hard way of not listening hey. soon enough and putting it off, you know, yeah. we do that. And especially as moms, I'm like, oh, well, I'll do it when, sure. you know, and when the kids go back to school or when this book's out or, you know, whatever it is, yeah. it's like, you just kind of keep Putting yourself, putting yourself aside.
1: Yeah, that's really good stuff. So I, I know it's like picking a favorite kid, but like, what's your favorite (laughs) recipe within the book?
0: It is so hard. There's like 150 recipes. People always ask that. Um, I'll go with the things that we make the most. There's a spaghetti squash that has chicken, bacon, and ranch. It's like you, and you make it all on one sheet pan. And my kids absolutely love it. It's Mm dairy-free ranch, of course. That's one that I make over and over just because it's, I know it's a winner. There's a, gosh, let's see. There's a, a sweet and sour pork that my kids Adore it. It's not sweet and it's all whole 30 compliant and they love that. And same, all made on one sheet pan. And then there's a Thai basil beef that my kids love. They don't like when I add the peppers. So we just, like Ryan loves saying spicy. So we'll kind of leave those on the side, but it's really versatile and that the sauce is really good. So they mm-hmm. love it. They eat it over rice. I put it over cauliflower rice for me, or you can even put it in a lettuce wrap and you can do, you know, ground Turkey if you want, you could do ground chicken, but it's one of those ones that comes together so fast. And I pretty mm-hmm. much always have ground meat of some sort in the freezer. Mm -hmm. So I love that one too. It's like packed with basil and it's got kind of a tangy, salty sauce on it.
1: I love it. And you have... I know cuz I read the book. You have vegan recipes in there too for the vegans that listen to the podcast.
0: Yes. I'm trying to think if they're vegan or vegetarian. They're, they're labeled vegetarian, okay. but but there are there's there's a lot of meatless ones. I just wanted to put them in there. And you know, quite honestly, like I mean, I gave in that chapter you mentioned, I gave some swaps like even for that Thai basil beef. I mean, if mm-hmm. you wanted to chop up a bunch of shiitake mushrooms or some eggplant, yeah. like those sauces would still be really great with that.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. So before we jump into your art of being well, I wanted, we were a mutual love for Disney with our families. So, love it. I, so I just took my daughter to Disney. I told you yeah. the other day, what, what's your favorite Disney ride? And then how can you be, eat ways that love you back uh-huh, at Disney? Uh-huh. What are your Disney pro tips?
0: Ooh, great questions. Okay. So my favorite ride is Big Thunder Mountain Railroad just because it's nostalgic. I love it. So, you know, I went as a kid because I grew up in the Bay Area and my parents, like, we couldn't afford to usually get a hotel. So they would throw us in our VW Bug at like midnight. And my dad would drive down and stop <laughs> yeah. on the side of the road and sleep. <laughs> and then we'd go. I mean, there were three of us and we'd go for the day and then we'd get back in. Like my parents would drive oh back. My I know gosh, it's crazy. I think now and I'm like, oh my gosh. And so then Ryan and I got season passes when we were dating in college down here. So that would be our date night. Spot, And then as we had kids, it's just, yeah. it's our favorite. Yeah. So, but big thunder, we wrote in college all the time. We would like watch the fireworks while we yeah. were on it. And so I love it. And then eating, I actually have a three-part YouTube series on how to eat at Disneyland. Nice. It's slightly outdated because, you know, things have changed since I filmed it, but they are so great. Paleo is a little harder. You could go to Bangle barbecue and just Mm -hmm. get like the skewers and ask for no sauce. That's probably your best bet. (laughs) And you can get lettuce wrapped burgers. But if you're gluten free, I think they're so celiac safe. It's kind of amazing. You tell them you're gluten free, they will change their gloves, they'll change your fryers, Mm -hmm. they'll change the surfaces. It takes a little longer to get it, but it's pretty amazing. You know, you can even get like fully gluten free, you know, French fries. I love the two Mexican restaurants both have like a rotisserie chicken that you can swap the rice and beans for just extra veggies. Those are probably kind of our other two favorites.
1: That's at Disneyland or California. So there's one
0: at Disneyland. Actually, now that you say that, the one at California did away with the the roasted chicken. They went to street tacos. So you'd have to get chicken. I just I get like multiple tacos and just take the tortillas off when I when when we go. But yeah, there's a lot of like really great options there. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, still the 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 gluten free baked goods and stuff have sugar and, and starches. But for just for food, and then we you know my kids are growing out of strollers so it's unfortunate because it used to be my stash of just <laughs> yeah. like snacks now you can I mean, get so much underneath those <laughs> you strollers can. Yeah. you can and you know we'd put waters like we used to and we used to have it down packed we'd freeze huge bottles of water and then put them in there so that they'd start to thaw and you could like drink cold water <laughs> yes. throughout the day yeah, i mean yeah. we had it we had it down but uh yeah I, I feel like there's lots of lots of options and i've heard disney world has even better options i was going to say we're we're Bay Area, so yeah. we don't ever get out to the you know. East I was going to say, have you been to the
1: East Disney World? Because I that's my bit of my experience in all the parks and the cruises uh-huh, uh-huh. is that they're so accommodating. They are, and they yes. will, they will give you options. Yes, for uh, sure. even if it's limited, and it'll it'll taste good. It'll take yeah. a little bit longer, but yep. But no, I agree. Disney World has more gluten-free options. There's more restaurants in yeah, general. Yeah, well, it's just there. bigger. Yeah. So yeah. we haven't
0: been yet because my youngest is five, and we've kind of been waiting. So I'm like, it's a long, it's a long flight a from long San flight. Francisco, and then there's a time change, and then you're, you know, walking yeah. around those parks, which is exhausting. So we're waiting for a bit. But I've heard the options are pretty amazing, and I will say the newer app that they released from the yes. last time we went most of the restaurants when you're ordering food have an allergy menu at the top they that do. you can and then you can really easily see they have soy free they have you know gluten- free and they have nut
1: free they as have well. nut free yeah. yeah
0: and then if you go to any of the restaurants I mean not the little like stands but if you tell them that you have an allergy most of the time they'll send a chef out and they can talk you through it all which i think is yeah. kind of amazing as well I mean yeah. very accommodating
1: this podcast is not sponsored I, by no, Disney
0: <laughs> no but if you if Disney wants to sponsor me call me I mean just give me a free ticket I, mean, I don't. I'll, I'll go for I'll, I'll work for free just to go <laughs> exactly you're talking
1: to people that could talk about disney for an hour but it's we'll true. move on we'll move on as you know the podcast is called the art of being well this is danielle walker's art of being well i think you did this last time i'm pretty yeah. sure you did these are different questions most of, most of them will be first question what is the worst tasting healthy food that you still eat it because it's good for you and it loves you back
0: oh gosh well any like any liver and things like that. I hide it typically. I I would say sauerkraut before, but I love the taste of it now. Really? (laughs) So you've evolved (laughs) your taste buds? Yeah, I used to hate it. I think it's so good now. I love to put it on pretty much anything.
1: I love it. How do you hide your liver?
0: Uh, I do, so I give it to my kids. We have, I have a chicken pesto meatball recipe that's from the last cookbook from four years ago. And it has a couple, well, when you double, it has like a couple pounds of liver in it. And so I brown it first and then you grind it up with the chicken and it has a ton of really, really delicious basil forward pesto in it. And they don't even notice it. it. Actually, almost works because there's no breadcrumbs in it. It actually almost works as kind of a binder. Oh wow! Um, I still don't like handling it. I don't like no. cooking and cleaning it. It's just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just kind of put the like blinders on, and I'm like, I know that this is good. I
1: know. I, I same thing. I'm I, and I'm honest with patients. I'm uh-huh. Like yes, you this is on your protocol, and no, I do not like it. <laughs> I know.
0: I know. And honestly, there's capsules that you can do. Yes. So I feel like you know that's the only. That's probably the only organ mate that I actually like consistently mm-hmm. incorporate into our diet. But Mike, they love the meatballs in their lunches. So I'm like, this is a win. But yeah, I, t- I, I took capsules for a long time.
1: So. Yeah, is there an organ meat that has a less offensive like texture mm. or taste? Like, is there like the more palatable one? I don't know, is there? <laughs> I I don't know of one, but I didn't yeah. know if you had any pro tips that I wasn't aware of.
0: I don't think so I mean it's I think kinda... some people
1: say chicken liver I don't know if that's true or not that's
0: what I use yeah okay. I mean I, it's pretty hard to even find other stuff in the grocery store yeah. so yeah I don't think there is and I don't think I mean honestly just take, take a pill if it's <laughs> like it's
1: <laughs> have you ever tried the liver chip like the frozen chip okay, situation so I
0: did that and it said to you know, you put, you're supposed to put it in raw, right? Yes. And you cut it. Yes. I swear I got food poisoning from okay. it. So I have never done it yeah. again. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I followed all the protocols. You're supposed follow to it leave caution. it in there for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yes. Follow it with caution. Cause I got so sick. It could have been from something else. Yeah. You know, it could have just been. I've never been, tried that. I do yeah. the capsules myself. Yeah. I would just do the capsules. Yeah, it is. I do.
1: <laughs> it's desiccated. It's safe. Yes. We talked about Disney. What is your dream vacation? Like, Kids, Mm. no kids, just overall, maybe something you've done, maybe something you haven't done. What's your...
0: Oh, if you ask Ryan, my vacation list is so lengthy. He's like, I mean, most of it's like out of our range of being able to afford it. So, but it's like all my dreams. No, actually right now, I think mostly because we've been home for so many years, Mm -hmm. I really want to take my kids over to Europe. I just, you know, we live in a very young country and culture and I really want them to get to experience the world and get to see things that you know they're learning about in school and get to really explore i think up until now because my youngest is five my dream ideal vacation was to literally just park my booty next to a pool and like (laughs) never leave the seat i didn't want to explore i didn't want to learn i was like i just need to just sit but i'm really ready to explore with them and have them kind of get to see a little more of the world
1: any specific country within Europe? Ugh,
0: I mean, I wanna take them to France and, and to Italy and to Greece. I wanna go to Spain. I wanna go myself as well. My dream, okay, this is, sorry, this is a second one. Might My dream is to travel the world and go and cook with grandmas in these different cultures. I wanna go to Thailand. I wanna go to Italy. I wanna literally go into the countrysides of these countries and be in a kitchen with an old grandma who knows the way of cooking yeah. and the culture and can give me like the background and the history on it. Yes. And then I wanna come home and take what... I I've learned and transfer the ingredients that I can't have and kind of like get to recreate things in a in a really legitimate fashion. Because I make yes. a lot of things based on growing up in the Bay Area and yeah. getting to eat a lot of cuisines. But I've never really gotten to learn from somebody who like knows it, like the back of their hand. So that's wow. my own personal I love that. vacation goal is to do that.
1: <laughs> Tour of grandmas <laughs> yes. around the world. Yes. Like, I love that. You could learn not only the food, but you could learn so much oh, like deep spiritual. So much. Life I mean, wisdom.
0: yes. I mean, I just think about my own grandma. She's 88 and she's Italian and the stories that she has and the things that she cooks in her kitchen and how far back they go. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, if I could do that everywhere. I think it would be so fun. That so would that's, be really cool. My kids are a little too young right now to, for yeah. me to be able to leave and do that,
1: but it <laughs> yeah. is my goal. That's cool. <laughs> I'm thinking that's a for sure a book idea and a television show. I've actually
0: thought about that. I think it could be a really fun series for like Netflix or TV. And then I envision the book with like the grandma as the opening chapter. You know, it's like you see this beautiful grandma that's in Thailand in her kitchen or an Italian grandma. And we kind of get a little bit of her story and then it's like basically taking her family recipe book and making it I gluten and dairy that. free for anybody that lives, you I know, in the that. states that has dietary intolerances. Because well, we need
1: to make this happen. Okay, great. We, this and the, oh, this idea is owned by Danielle Walker. Yeah, I was people gonna say, so do going Take it. <laughs> My grandma's ninety nine years old. Wow. Sweet Phyllis.
0: Phyllis. I've got Marge. Ph- love Ph- him. Phyllis love does him.
1: not listen to the podcast. Okay. So. <laughs> She'll never hear this. Maybe I'll make her listen to this episode. But all right, next question. Do you think we're better or worse off with social media?
0: (gasps) Worse, so much worse. (laughs) Uh, And this is
1: tough because we communicate with our people, right? Yes,
0: our businesses, our way of communicating. You know, I wouldn't have said that a few years ago, but they're just, they're making it so hard right now. And I, I'm, I think I'm feeling a little at the end of my rope. So as you're asking me this, I'm actually planning a social media break for after I'm done with the oh, book wow. and just taking a little time. I just feel like I'm in a hamster wheel. And, you know, as a creator and somebody who really does everything that I create goes back to what my audience is asking for. And yeah. so it's so disheartening and frustrating when Mm -hmm. I can't actually tell them about the things that I'm making for them. Yeah, (laughs) You know, so I think it's, I think the comparison trap on social media is awful. I mean, I would be fine going back to like forums Mm -hmm. and chat boards (laughs) where, you know, like I will say, you know, I created a digital online course and we have a private Facebook group and we have our email list and the community that has been cultivated in there without the kind of wild west of the social media world is amazing and feels like so much like what it used to be when we kind of first started. And when I first started putting out recipes, you know, in 2009, I mean, Facebook was still kind of fresh. Instagram wasn't a thing, but yeah, it's, it just feels like we're just constantly trying to jump through hoops. So uh, I would, I think we're worse off.
1: Yeah, I know. And that's what my, I always go back to, well, if you just took it back to the early 2000s, it's not like we're living in the stone age, but I feel like we had better quality of life. I do
0: too. I do too. And people just were nicer. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this last couple of years, that's also, you're asking me social media. I've, it's been a hard couple of years on social yeah. media. People are just yeah. unkind. They're unfiltered. They've got a lot of confidence behind their screens. And yeah, I feel like, warriors. yeah, I feel like back, back in the day, it like wasn't acceptable and people kind of knew that. And it was mm-hmm. that still, people still had a little bit of the, like, don't, you don't have anything nice to say. Don't say it at all yeah. on social media as well yeah. as in person. You know, and I always say that. I'm like, would you say that to somebody's face? Yeah. So yeah, I think we're worse off. I think we spend so much time on it. I think it takes away so much time from family and from real life connections. You know, I mean, I've got a. You've got teenagers. I've got a twelve-year-old, and I'm. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any social media, but he does yeah. have texting mm-hmm. and video games. And I'm like, what happened to actually talking to people and looking them in the eye instead yeah. of being next to each other or on your devices? So yeah, I I, I hope that there's a shift. Yeah, but
1: me too. We'll see. I saw a little bit on social media. I think during pandemic and people on social media specifically with, with you and your journey, like with it, with your family, was there stuff going on? Was it extra oh, negative during COVID for you? Oh, I just ignored as much as I could. <laughs> like what was going on? I should have texted you and found out, but I was like, what's happening I here? Mean, Leave we Danielle won't get alone, into people. it, But
0: I will say, I used to say pre-pandemic that I had just the kindest community. I mean, it was so rare somebody would say something negative and I just felt... I mean, they were personally attacking things that it just, you know, like had. First of all, were some of were out of our control during the pandemic,
1: but mm-hmm.
0: yeah, you know, it just it it wasn't it wasn't the best environment, that's for sure. People <laughs> just weren't very kind.
1: <laughs> well, then you know, but my book came out yes. in the middle of pandemic, and I think it was extra. And then you posted something about my <laughs> book, and then people were. I'm like, oh Lord. I this know, is like- I need
0: to make it up to you with this new one. <laughs> yes, they just, people just really, I think we we saw people spending more time than ever on social yeah. media. And so I think It was like they, amplified tremendously. Everything, and they found something wrong with everything. I mean, there was a time I was afraid. I was like, I don't want to do anything hey, or say anything. I would have done the
1: same thing yeah. and you reached out. It was sweet. Yes. So I no worries at all. <laughs> I get it. I get it. For your own mental health. <laughs> well, yes, like, that just too. say no. That too. Yeah, don't go there. Yeah. I get it. What's the weirdest wellness thing that you've done that you're willing to admit on this podcast?
0: <laughs> I would say, and maybe it's not that weird, but hyperbaric chambers felt kind of weird to me. Yeah. I tried it consistently. You do it during. I did it during my flare up okay. and unfortunately it, it didn't, I don't think it did anything. And it caused so much stress being trapped in there. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that one feels like the most out there. Okay. So far, there's a lot that I want to try. I'm like, there's so many things on my list. Again, it's like when I have time is my always, you know, my thing, but- uh,
1: What's on your list that you haven't tried?
0: Well, this would be the weirdest, but I really, really want to try fecal transplant.
1: I've Uh, had patients try it and it. For some people, it can be a game changer. Yeah,
0: I know. You know, I mean, everything that I've read, it's especially with UC and Crohn's, it could be a game changer for a bit. But then you kind of have to consistently yeah, get it. Yeah, it's not one done, and done for no. sure. But that's probably like the weirdest thing that I'm. I'm yeah. very interested Poop pills, in
1: pills, fecal transplant. Yeah. Yes. Look it up, people. There's a lot of cool research around it. <laughs>
0: there actually, I've is. written it's, about it. It's uh, it's and I feel like it's growing. I mean, for something like C diff, it's kind of miraculous. Yes, right? it is like the standard. My grandmother, I think. I mean, C diff is a, is kind of what took her in the end. So I mean, that's amazing. But even for UC and Crohn's, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, you know, and they are studying. UCSF did a study on ulcerative colitis and fecal transplant, yeah. and it was they found good findings. But it was it was kind of you had to do it pretty yeah, consistently. It's, so. it's
1: definitely more research needs to be done, but yes. it is promising. It
0: is. I think it yeah. is. Yeah,
1: very much so. What are your thoughts on peanut butter? Do you ever eat peanut butter?
0: I don't. Well, I wouldn't say I don't ever. I love a good dark, <laughs> dark chocolate. Justin's peanut butter cup every oh, once heck in a yeah. while. Bring it to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's usually like my travel snack. If I'm traveling alone and I see it in an airport, I'm like, oh, just one. I don't buy it. I stopped eating it. Gosh, Ages ago, I think mostly because it was a legume. When I went off of legumes, I was like, all right, we're just going to cut it. We do almond butter. And then, you know, I don't, I haven't researched it much, but all the stuff about like the mold
1: toxicity. Aflatoxins, and, toxins, yeah, yeah, I
0: don't know. I Valencia
1: mean that... peanuts have lower mold.
0: Okay, can you but... get peanut butter made from that? Yeah, Valencia oh, okay. peanut butter, okay. yeah. yeah.
1: I have patients go off of it that are mold sensitive yeah. for sure, or have lectin problems uh-huh. or legume problems for sure. yeah I can never let peanut butter go. I just love it too much. <laughs> it's like my one thing that I know there are better for you uh-huh, options uh-huh. like almond you butter. Know, but it's just it's so, not it's the like same your childhood. Yeah. My
0: kids have like never had it. I mean, wow. yeah, I mean they've had like, Halloween, and stuff yeah. they've had like those the, the, the candy yeah. with it but oh, they don't know never better, bought it so they're really used to almond butter yeah. they do not like sunflower seed butter Yeah, <laughs> I've tried they're like nope <laughs> we're not eating this <laughs> yeah not the best not the best <laughs> no they'll eat the cookies and stuff that I make with it but like yes
1: if it, it's cooked within it yes but like butter.
0: a jam, like a jelly and sunflower butter sandwich yeah. they're like
1: have no. you tried macadamia nut butter do you do you like those I do I like the butter? ones that are
0: mixed I use cashew butter a lot in baking and actually in this book as a quick fix for not having to soak and blend cashews okay. I use cashew butter but I do think the ones that are a mix of different nut butters I think more closely mimic the peanut butter if if like it. you're looking for those yeah things. I agree
1: cashew butter is if I had to pick a second it would be oh cashew it's so butter. good yeah it's like so good
0: so delicious and creamy and almost like kind of tastes a little like marshmallow fluff sometimes.
1: It's yeah. <laughs> a little uh, weird. Nice. Hey, now, it does. people like the marshmallow fluff. <laughs> what Do you ever go to Starbucks? And if you do, hmm. what do you order?
0: So I try not to because I know that their almond milk has sugar and I am not a black coffee drinker. Okay, But if it's my only option when I'm traveling, I will get an extra... This is so high maintenance. I get an extra bone dry cappuccino, which means that okay. it's like less milk.
1: Super bougie.
0: Well, it's because I know that the milk has I'm sugar and it has binders. Yes, it does not you're... have carrageenan in it at Starbucks. I've okay. checked. I've asked them to like see the, the almond
1: milk or the-, the almond milk, okay. the almond
0: milk. So yeah, I usually get a cappuccino extra bone dry. So it's just a little foam. Got put it, it in, I get it. With almond I just, milk. I got
1: it. I never heard that <laughs> term before. It's a little fun fact in- College, I worked at Starbucks. Did you? Yes, I did. Did
0: you get a stock options?
1: Uh, maybe. I feel like they used to give the, their employees yes, no, stock options, which I, I thought should probably was so look. amazing.
0: Yeah, should Look. <laughs> did did it, I mean,
1: <laughs> when I quit, did it? So yeah, have did it, you get, did I, you? Yeah. <laughs> I need to call Starbucks yeah, after this.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. So uh, I've heard it dry, like a dry cappuccino. So you're just saying extra yes, bone dry. Yes, cappuccino. it's just so, so there's less. It's super light. Milk. It's basically it's, just,
0: it's practically air. You pick up
1: the cup and it's air. It's like It's like two shots
0: of espresso with just a teeny bit. It's just enough because I don't like it totally black, but it, I like a little bit of sweetness, but I don't yeah. want to do too much sugar, especially right. if I'm traveling because right. I just know my body won't, won't tolerate it.
1: Got it, so you wouldn't have the oat milk, but I'm sure some people in your community, because it's a dairy-free option, right. do they, what are your thoughts on that? The ingredients in these aren't the best. I was
0: gonna say, so every oat milk that I've seen at the coffee shops, a lot of them have canola oil. It's, that's
1: the second ingredient in Starbucks. Yes, yes, So It's crazy to me.
0: And you know, from what I have read, again, I'm like, I'm not a, I'm, I feel like I've just, I absorb a lot of information, but I'm not a scientist. But from what I've read, oats can have high levels of glyphosate and then mm. can sometimes be cross-contaminated with wheat just because they're right. grown or processed in similar facilities. So I stay away from oat milk, but I mean, I'm actually, more and more lately I've been able to do here and there some like certified gluten-free organic Mm -hmm. like oats if I'm you know cooking them and soaking them in my own kitchen Mm -hmm. but yeah I don't do the milk it does I notice it I mean just from anecdotally like I get bloated when I drink that stuff immediately same with the ice creams and stuff so and canola oil a lot of the labels it says rapeseed oil and it's the same thing, yeah, which I think synonymous. people don't. It's a terrible name. Horrible. Terrible name. Don't I don't know why they would choose to put that on there over canola oil, but <laughs> yeah, I guess it's right. because people have such a negative connotation <laughs> yeah. with canola oil. So they're like, oh, rapeseed oil yeah, sounds let's better. let
1: try to confuse them. <laughs> but I, can, I think the origins of the word canola is like Canadian oil. Is so that, it's like yes, like rapeseed is like everywhere, I guess, in Canada. And I don't know that for sure I have to fact check that, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> that was the origin of the It's I don't it's not not for me for yeah. sure. No,
0: I would go for almond if I had to. Their coconut milk, they're is is quite sugary and has some extra ingredients too. So the yeah. almond is just like the, the, the better of the two. Of the two. The two yeah. But For yeah, sure. if I can find a little local coffee shop that does almond milk, I would prefer that just yes. because I know it's usually like a little more of like a local brand. Exactly, or, you know, and something. it's
1: and you can get great almond milk like you said. If you're not making your own, there's brands that just do water, salt, and right. almonds, right. right?
0: Oh, tons. Yeah. 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 Yep.
1: Yeah, great. Do you know what Myers Briggs you are or Enneagram? I think I asked you the enneagram and you didn't know last time. I know it's been years now. Have I you know. found out?
0: I think that I am a four. <laughs> okay. Or a three with a wing a four for okay. enneagram. I might be four three. I'm very much an achiever. Clearly, I mean, Mike. I've yes. been working since I was 22, and you know, but uh, I'm more and more associating with the four. And in my one of my girlfriends, that's like, like
1: my, independent.
0: Like. <laughs> independent very like a deep feeler yes okay emotional one of my girl one of my girlfriends explained it as like I would purposely sit inside on a rainy day and put on like a sappy rom-com just to like be in my feels yes (laughs) I got it (laughs) and I think you know more and more just as I I have like a very deep level of empathy for my audience and Mm. and when I leave a book signing and I mean there was a, a fifth fifth grader the other night who had Crohn's disease mm. and was diagnosed the year before. And she told me how she makes my Girl Scout cookies and takes them to her troop meetings. Oh. And I was in tears. And then for the rest of the night, I just felt this really deep heaviness for yeah. kids that are being diagnosed. So I, I think I associate a lot with the four. Yeah. Um, they're also a kind of an individualist. I think you were saying yeah, that. Individualist. You feel that's like nobody is, yeah. understands you. Yes. And I think I, I feel that way a lot. Well, <laughs> and I don't know, is Myers-Briggs the one that's like an, an I N T F? Yeah, I, I- 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 tf, yeah. those things, I can't yeah. remember. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I love it. Hey, but well, next time we'll find out the Myers-Briggs. I need we to made take, I'll take all the
0: tests. I'll send I, you my results. <laughs> yes. And I did
1: ask you that last time because I wanted to know and I don't think we knew, but now we know. Yeah. So my friend, where can people go find the book? Where can they go for all the things, follow you on social?
0: Yeah, well, some Danielle Walker on Instagram, daniellewalker.com for extra free recipes. All six of my books are sold anywhere books are sold. The newest one, Healthy in a Hurry, is at Target and Barnes and Noble, your independent bookseller, Amazon. And then as of mid-October, it will be at Costco nationwide. Nice. So you can go and grab it there too.
1: Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Anytime. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. Now it's time for another Ask Me Anything. Today's question is from Jax. What are the labs you recommend for someone to find out how flexible their metabolism is? So a little bit of a background on what this question is referring to. It's metabolic flexibility is a term that we use in the wellness, nutrition, well, functional medicine world. And it is referring to how somebody is how where are they at on the insulin resistance spectrum is another way of thinking about it. So it's something that I talk about at length in my book, An Intuitive Fasting. It's really a conversation about metabolic flexibility and how metabolic flexibility is really fertile foundation for true mindful eating and flexible intermittent fasting because the more flexible your metabolism is, the more you will be able to go longer without meals because you're just naturally, you're not hangry, you're not bound by insatiable cravings. You're not stuck on that blood sugar roller coaster. So, the vast majority of people in the West, sadly, are really struggling with some form, some degree of insulin resistance. And metabolic inflexibility or metabolic rigidity is really part of that dysfunctional insulin resistant mechanism that's going on. So, the great news is that you can do something about it. We have agency over this. We can start to improve metabolic flexibility. We can start to decrease insulin resistance. Some people, it's more difficult than others, but certainly most people have a lot of governance on their metabolism by the choices we make in our life. So this is something that I get to work on with patients around the world, and we can quantify on labs. So the question here is, what labs do I recommend to quantify this? Few things. One you can get a lot of data from conventional labs, specifically the comprehensive metabolic panel, a CMP. We can look at glucose, add an A1C in there. The optimal glucose or blood sugar is under 90 in functional medicine. We want HDL to be under 5.5. We wanna look at a full cardiometabolic panel running a full nuclear magnetic resonance test, which is an advanced lipid panel that looks at the subfractionation of basically the the context and quality of, our lipids. So we're wanting HDL or quote unquote good cholesterol to be above 59 we want triglycerides of circulating fat to be under 100. The American Diabetic Association, the American Heart Association looks at the ratio between HDL, triglycerides, triglyceride HDL. And and when you have higher triglycerides and lower HDL, that is one way and indicative of insulin resistance, of metabolic inflexibility. So we want triglycerides to come down. We want HDL to come up. We want to look at the small dense LDL particles, which is discovered on the NMR panel. And we want small dense LDL particles, which are these oxidized inflamed, think of them as sort of rusted BB bullets that increase cardiovascular risk factors. It increases things like heart attacks and strokes. We want uh, small dense LDL particles to be lower. We want the fluffy buoyant protective, cardioprotective particles, the, the large buoyant, think of those as like cotton balls, protective Cotton balls. So the particles that carry LDL matter, and the context of this matter. So we want higher fluffy buoyant particles, or most labs would rate it or report it as being in pattern A. That's where you want to be. You don't want to be in pattern B, which is the more oxidized, higher, small, dense LDL particles. Another thing that we want to look at are different inflammatory particles or different inflammatory proteins, like high sensitivity C-reactive protein. The American Heart Association, the CDC have different ranges of low average and higher relative risks for cardiovascular events, heart attacks, and strokes. So, this We want it in the same optimal range in functional medicine, that would be HSCRP to be under one, that inflammation marker to be under one. And then we want to look at homocysteine levels, which is another inflammatory protein. The optimal range for homocysteine is under seven. That impacts not just cardiovascular health, heart health, but it also impacts the brain. There's research shows that even slightly elevated homocysteine levels can increase blood-brain barrier permeability and can contribute to neuroinflammation or what they call leaky brain syndrome. It's basically things passing through the blood-brain barrier that shouldn't be able to, and it's very much associated with homocysteine and underlying gut problems, your second brain. So these are things that we can quantify on labs. I think I mentioned most of them. And without a doubt, we can see these numbers improve with time. So that's something that I love to get to see, the, the, the baseline, and as we lean into protocols, we can see these people's health be reclaimed. And they're struggling with things like hangriness and cravings and inflammation in their body, and they just feel fatigued and brain fogged, difficulty losing weight. And to not have that anymore is, and see that light come on in their life is priceless. So if you want to learn more about intuitive fasting, which I talk about these topics, you can check it out at drwellcool.com as well as all the telehealth information too. You can check it out at drwellcool.com.